0: Welcome to a new episode of DFV. I'm your co-host, Black Cinephile.
1: And I'm your co-host, Brad.
0: Yes, that is Brad. And on this one, we got another special one. I mean, we just can't can't get away from this guy. Um, We're going back to the cage, man.
1: Yeah, every uh, single time a new Nick Cage movie comes out, uh, it basically comes down to we both go, hey, you're going to see that, right? Yeah, I'm going to see that one. Of course I am. Cool, we should do an episode on that. Okay, cool. Let's do an episode on that.
0: (laughs) Listen, the stars just aligned with this one because, um, obviously, we both saw Renfield. uh, You know, and and, uh, you know, spoilers alert as we as we go forward here. But another film that we uh, watched here, "Vampire's Kiss." um, You know, this is a film I've always I've always seen memes about. I've always seen like clips of like you know best Nick Cage films uh, or best Nick Cage scenes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them come from this movie. I said, I think this is the perfect time for me to find an excuse to actually watch this movie. Okay, just so like, this you is know, your like,
1: first time watching Vampire's Kiss. I assumed it was yours, too. Uh, no, I saw it long ago. But it, it was okay. one of those movies where it, it's so over the top that it feels like scenes from it are just from different movies. <laughs>
0: yes. Listen, I,
1: it, the thing with this
0: movie is... It had so many good scenes that I saw. I said, I gotta, I imagine what what is that movie? Cause like every different clip I see, it's like a just it just feels like a different type of vibe. Mm-hmm. Like I gotta know what this movie is. So then when I finally saw it, I said, Okay, now nah, now I've seen it. Yeah, I thought this was a good excuse to finally watch this movie because they both deal with Nick Cage being a vampire. Yes. Um the stars just aligned on this one, man. The cinematic stars aligned. And um I feel like It it wouldn't it would be a disservice to not talk about Vampire's Kiss first before Renfield, like to see the first iteration of Nick Cage playing a vampire to see today, 2023's iteration of Nick Cage playing a vampire.
1: Uh, Yeah, I have to agree. If we're going to start somewhere, we got to start with Vampire's Kiss. Absolutely. All right. So uh, I'll I'll take
0: the I'll take the kickoff with this one. So uh, Vampire's Kiss, man, um, 1988 film directed by Robert Bierman. And it follows um, Nick Cage, who plays a uh, kind of a yuppie literary critic uh, by the name of Peter Lowe. And uh, he's a man. Uh, one day after, uh, you know, bringing home, a fine looking lady, you know, uh, finds a bat in his uh, drapes. You know, obviously he kind of shoes it away or tries to shoe it away. Yeah. And uh, another night in the same club where he met his, um, you know, the fine young lady, he meets another lady by the name of Rachel, who is a a seductive vampire. Um, Lowe brings her back home, not really knowing this. She uh, bites him. And uh, over the course of the film, uh, we see Peter try to Peter kind of descend into madness, not knowing whether he's really turning into a vampire, if he's going insane or both. Um, the movie plays his cards pretty close to his chest until, uh, until we get to the end. But, uh, in a crazy over the top nutshell, that is Vampire's Kiss. Dude, I had, I had the hardest time watching this movie.
1: Really? Cause it's
0: like, you know me, I mean, you know me, man. You know, I love me some Nick Cage, but I'm I'm watching this movie and I'm like, you know, I kind of felt like, I know what you're going to say. I felt like when I was watching Joker. Oh, okay. a little bit not not as bad as Joker, not as bad as Joker. I mean, actually, Joker's not as bad as this Joker was actually Joker's actually a decent movie, but it's like where Joaquin is great, I'm watching the Joker film like i don't i, I don't know about this one. I'm watching Vampire's Kiss and while Nicolas Cage is great, Nic- Cage is on classic Cage Ten. He's giving it his all, mm-hmm. you know, even if the material has kind of like tonal. Like, jarring, tonal shifts, he's still Cage. And I'm watching the movie, and I'm like, I can't get past how batshit crazy this film is. Like, pun intended. Like, I just, I don't know what the hell is happening. Like, I, 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 I kind of had a hard
1: time with this one, man. Yeah, I can see that, because this movie is incredibly over-the-top. So, yeah. basically, w- one thing I will say is the way that they play off Nick Cage's character low going through absolute madness with right. being like bipolar and everything where he's basically chasing down his assistant and then apologizing and then going home and then just being fine and then all of a sudden going into like a psychotic rage and screaming at invisible people the way that Nick Cage portrays it is only Nick Cage can do it where it's just mm-hmm. so over the top insanity on these scenes. But when you go down and look at like the writing and like the dialogue and stuff, the dialogue in this movie is terrible. All of it is oh. god awful.
0: Don't don't even get me started, man. I, I it it is like listen, it's terrible, but I love the way Cage delivers it. Like like listen, his therapist scene in the beginning, where he's he just he's describing the bat incident. Oh, his yeah. therapist look his therapist is looking at him crazy. He's like I, I was chasing the bat out of my, I'm like, give me a break here. Like, <laughs> like, I love his yuppie accent throughout this oh my movie.
1: <laughs> that accent. It's still so weird. Like, I know I've seen clips of this movie forever and everything. And, mm-hmm. and every time a clip pops up, I always forget the accent he has in this movie. And it always throws me off because it's just such a, it's not even like a yuppie accent. It's just a mm-hmm. weird accent. It's a dudeish
0: accent disguised as yuppie. Like, that's what it is. It's it's a bro accent disguised as yuppie. Yeah. And it's it does not work. It just doesn't work. I was watching this film, man. And it's like, maybe I just wasn't prepared for this. Because when I see clips from this film out of order, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's doing the eyes, like, you know, I don't think I want to see that at all. Like, you know, oh, like yeah. that, that's hilarious. Watching it in context of the movie, I'm like, I don't, I do not know what's going on here. Uh, maybe my movie brain, maybe my, I don't know if it was my critic brain I was on because I, I was trying to tell myself, all right, have fun, mm-hmm. like have fun. But even the fun side of me was like, I don't really know how to have fun with this. <laughs> <laughs> like, like should should I be laughing that he's, uh, you know, psychologically abusing his secretary?
1: Should I be, like, like saying it's just a movie? Like I, I didn't know how to take this. Yeah, the whole plot line with him and the secretary where she's trying to find this file and he's basically just harassing her the entire time about how Mm -hmm. she misfiled this one thing. Meanwhile, the person that the file is for is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be out of town for a couple weeks. It's going to be fine. Once I get back, we'll jump into a call and we'll figure it out. So don't Mm -hmm. worry about it. It's all good. And then he'll turn to his assistant and be like, did you hear that phone conversation? I couldn't get a word in edgewise because he is so upset and we're going to lose him as a client. Like the psychological warfare that he pulls on his assistant, it it just Mm. it's not even like a comedic sense or anything like that. It's just mean. It makes you feel sad for her. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially everything that happens to her, like the scene where he like corners her and everything like that. I, I will say the when he pulls the gun and he thinks, oh, yeah, this is the proof that I'm a vampire because he shoots himself with the blanks and he survives is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I see. I didn't catch on to that at first. When I
0: looked back at what happened, I was like, you know what? That's a brilliant twist. Like, I, If you're trying to like show how this guy is going mad, that's mm. a brilliant twist. I, I, I like that. But the thing is, I just think... A film like this can happen. Like, there's, like, like the, the classic kind of criticism you hear from a movie like this is, like, there's a good movie in here somewhere. I just think you needed to choose what it wanted to be.
1: Uh, like, if I disagree. I don't think there's a good movie in here anywhere, except for Nick Cage's <laughs> performance being just so over the top. It makes it funny as he's doing that. Like, watching Nick Cage chase a pigeon and then grab it and just tuck it into his coat. It's just hilarious. <laughs> you don't need context. That's hilarious. Having him talk to a pole while it's going back and forth of him, like, being all professional in a suit, talking to his therapist, and then cutting to him <laughs> on the streets, covered in blood, holding, like, a wooden spike, just going, right. Yeah, and then it's just And then you cut to him in the. Yeah, and I think that, really. You aren't doing your job properly, and then it cuts back. <laughs> and it's like, okay, yeah, I, that's funny. I like it.
0: <laughs> See, but now if you keep those same scenes, you take away the side plot with the with the uh, with the assistant and how how that goes wrong, and you know you keep a funny film around all that. I feel like Vampire's Kiss could be great. But because you're going in all these different directions, you're going comedy, you're going, you know, horror, you're you're going psychological horror, you're going insanity. It's just it doesn't work. A film like this that works without the vampire subplot is American Psycho. Okay, yeah. That works way better of a guy losing his mind, become like 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 descending into becoming a, a, a psychopathic serial killer in the yuppie 80s. That film works as a
1: dark horror comedy. This film doesn't have that type of juice. Yeah, I wouldn't even call this one like a psychological thriller or a horror movie at all. Like, I get that there's some elements of like horror with like, oh, it has vampires and there's some blood and everything. But there's nothing like a horror movie about this. And then when you get to like the psychological thriller part, it's like, okay, so he thinks he's a vampire. It cuts between him having a personality disorder and stuff. But it's not enough to to bring, like, a thriller aspect to this movie. There was no point in this movie that I was like, oh my god, I wonder what's gonna happen. It's it's just a comedy. It's a comedy charading as a trying to be more of a serious horror movie.
0: I think it's a comedy that wasn't, that didn't really know what it was. That, that's kind of how I look at this movie. Um, like, listen, like I said, there were great moments within this movie. Like, the alphabet scene in, in Oh the god, yeah. Like, <laughs> When that came along, I wasn't laughing because I had seen that scene so many times. I was like, uh, oh, there it comes. Mm-hmm. It's like when we when I went to see the way of water, and it's like, you know, this family is our fortress. Yeah. <laughs> when this it,
1: you're more scene, pointing at the screen and going, Oh, ah, he said the thing. That's the thing he says. He said the alphabet.
0: Yeah. And you know, when, when that scene went, I said, okay, all right, next bit. <laughs> you know, and I kind of like it didn't affect me when I saw it like in context. Uh, but I can imagine watching this movie. And he does that. And I'm like, listen, I don't like this movie. But that 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 Nick Cage up there, he's going to be somebody. Like mm-hmm. he's given it is all in this movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I will say the first time that I watched this movie, it was prior to me, like getting into Nick Cage's performances and everything like that. And Mm -hmm. I will say, I absolutely hated this movie. I thought it was the dumbest movie I had ever seen at that point, more or less. Or at the very least, it was on the list of dumbest movies I had ever seen. And Mm -hmm. then, like, the cult kind of hit about, like, the scenes and the funniness and everything like that that it has to offer. And I haven't seen it since then. Since you basically have the clip of him just saying, like, ABCD, you know. And him chasing the pigeon mm-hmm. around, like all those scenes that are like pivotal to everybody laughing at it now, and watching it now with that in mind of like how comedic some of that stuff is, it's it's still a very bad movie, but it now got to the <laughs> point that when those scenes came on, just like you said, I was going, oh, there's that scene, and then it was just the yeah. scenes in between those that I was like. Oh, yeah, there is a whole other rest of this movie, isn't there? This isn't just 15 minutes of those funny scenes. There's an extra hour and uh, almost an hour and 30 minutes on top of yeah. that.
0: <laughs> you know, and it's not like the co-stars aren't bad. Like, I love I love uh, Jennifer Beals as Rachel. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's perfectly... Her over-the-top matches Nicolas Cage's over-the-top. Right. You know, with with the teeth... And you know the uh, like you know I am your mistress like she she matches him in this film absolutely. Um, Maria, Her scenes are just
1: uh, few and far between. That's the thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's that too. Uh, Maria Conchita Alonso as a uh, Alva, the secretary. She's great. Like like the co stars are the the casting is good. It's just the dialogue in in the directing isn't mm-hmm. because I just don't I don't know whether to laugh. A smile, uh, feel sad. I the, the film doesn't really give me the right cues on how to feel, but I wanted to tell you though, a great scene, and I could tell this was like um, this. They were on the cutting room floor, and they were just like, you know what, just keep it in. Um, <laughs> the first time Peter chases Alva into the bat, I think he only did it once, but the like the first time, mm-hmm. the time when Peter chases chases Alva into the bathroom, and you have the older lady that goes. What the f*** is going on? Oh, yeah. for, what for, are you for, doing? <laughs> right. For a quick moment, as she's walking away, you see her look at the camera and then look off and they it just exit left. Mm-hmm. I, I busted out laughing. Watching that. I said, dog, they were in the editing room like, you know, she looked at the camera. That's okay. You, uh, you know, take it as a, you know, uh, breaking the third wheel. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think she's supposed to keep it, keep it in. It's okay.
1: or better yet at that point in the movie they were just kind of just going look man you saw the rest of the movie i don't think anybody's gonna notice that
0: (laughs) oh man i love that scene like she she looks dead at the camera then looks away as she walks off screen i I thought that was amazing um yeah and it's, it's just something like that's that that nightclub scene is so disturbing like, like the scene where you know, by, the t- by this point he's, he's fully lost his mind. He gets the fangs, the fake teeth.:
1: Yeah, the plastic the teeth. It's got to be mentioned yeah. that they're like the fake plastic vampire teeth.
0: Right, He gets the fake plastic vampire teeth. He, he you know, he's already assaulted his secretary. she's like, you know psychologically like uh, haunted by what happened. You know, he, he meets the woman in the club and he literally like bites her, like um that's such an unsettling scene. And, you know, cut to that. Then we meet Rachel and, uh, you know, Rachel kind of gives off that, you know, she ain't a vampire, but they they had a fling before. Mm -hmm. And he kind of has a breakdown trying to say,
1: look at her. She's a vampire.
0: She's a vampire. Grabbing her
1: face and like trying to open her mouth. Like, look at her fangs. She's got fangs. She's a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. By that point, I was like,
0: I I just don't know where this is going to end. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, how does this end? And, you know, as I'm watching it, you know, later on, you get that little hallucination he has. I listen, my patient was, was already tested by this point, <laughs> but I, I just I just couldn't watch that scene. I, I watched it, but I was just kind of like just not I was on autopilot as he was going through all that.
1: Are you talking about the was, back and forth with him, like thinking yeah. he's having a conversation with his therapist?
0: Yeah. Like, I, I just I just didn't get it. I I it, I understand all of this happening in his head, but mm-hmm. I was just like, I was like, I just don't, I don't know where this is going. And then um, in the end, when you know, um, you know, Alva tells her brother Emilio what happened. Um, you know, Emilio comes over, like obviously justifiably angry. Mm-hmm. And uh, when uh, when Peter is like, "Hey, you know, kill me," I, I, I was saying to the screen, "Yeah, kill him." Because this is the end. It's just, <laughs> let's just be done end with the this End the movie. Here. Come
1: on, just kill him.
0: Yeah. Then he, he sticks the stake in, and it just ends the way it just ends as crazy as it could. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like you could find another way to end this movie unless you could say it was all a dream. You know, it, Peter still. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. It basically has that same kind of ending as the room where he just it, he just dies and then that's it. That's that's the end of the movie.
0: <laughs> say okay. You know, you know you know a thing about the room from scene one you know what's happening
1: oh that's you, you true know,
0: you you know what you signed up for this movie from scene one it 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 whip it it whips and whops and you're just like i I don't know what the hell this is <laughs> yeah I it, it's a no for me dog I was gonna say <laughs> two. I was gonna say two because it's cage but i I gotta go one point five it's a no for me.
1: Oh, this is a one out of five. This is a god awful movie. Like, even oh. Nick Cage's performance can't really save this one. It's over the top. Not at all. It's got the 15 minute. If you want to see the best parts of this movie, there's probably like a 15 minute cut edition of just all the funny scenes. That's all you need oh, yeah. to see. And the rest of it is terrible dialogue, unconnected storylines, basically him just terrorizing his assistant in every way possible. It's just not fun. The only good parts of this movie are those funny bits. The rest of it is very forgettable. And honestly, by the time, you know, this time next week, I'll probably have forgotten everything else about this movie, except for those scenes that, you know, of him chasing down the pigeon or him getting the teeth. And, you know, this is $20. Well, how what can I get for this? Well, these plastic ones are three dollars and fifty cents. And then him ripping the bag open with like just such veracity to get those teeth. And those are the scenes I'll remember. Everything else I'll have forgotten again until eventually somebody else brings up this movie.
0: Hey man, you're one of the lucky ones. This film is forever singed into my brain for a while. (laughs) Like I it's like when you watch a bad movie, like I forgot all about jujitsu, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But it's like when you watch a bad movie and it's like you you can't get it out your mind. It's still stuck there. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's a testament to how bad it is. Like Dungeons and Dragons. I forgot about that the next day. You Mm. know what I'm saying? Like it just like this movie was like stuck to this movie stuck to my mind a little bit. I'm like, man, that was trash.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I would be surprised if you remember most of this movie by next week. Because I don't know when you decide to sit down and watch it. I watched it on uh, Friday night. And basically, I had to run through a couple of the scenes again to remember them, even to do the podcast today. I uh, watched it yesterday. Okay.
0: I don't know. I might forget it by Friday. Who knows? But uh, I, I just know, like, 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 I, I don't know. It's like when you watch a bad movie and you just can't get it out your mind, like, Dang, that was bad.
1: (laughs) Just go on to YouTube and watch the clip of him chasing the pigeon for 15 minutes, and you'll be like, okay, I forgot everything else now. It's just this. (laughs) Yeah, I'll check that out. All right, let's move on. So that brings us over to the second movie today, Renfeld. Once again, starring Nick Cage, this time playing the actual Count Dracula, We follow his familiar known as Renfeld, who has been taking care of him ever since they first met back in the early, I want to say like 1800s or so, making him a couple hundred years old at this point, having taken care of Dracula the entire time. And... Basically, he is fed up with taking care of Dracula. He wants to be able to settle down, have a normal life, especially given that Dracula is now changing from wanting to just survive to wanting to take over the entire world. And Renfeld has no options to uh, stop him outside of just stopping being his familiar and making it so he has no way to contact the outside world. And the entire movie basically is a analogy of abusive relationships as well as the Dracula storyline. And it's absolutely done fantastically in that regard. But that is the kind of bare-bones plot of this. So a lo- throughout a lot of yeah. the movie, we see Renfeld going to abusive relationship, kind of counseling meetings and everything like that to try and, like... Uh, find a way outside of this Uh, at first he's using it as a way to find bad people to bring to dracula to eat by finding Mm -hmm. the people that are abusing the people going to these meetings and I, i think that's a great plot line already of like creative writing of like oh how is he finding these people oh he went to abusive relationship meetings and literally found the people that were abusing people and brought those people to Dracula. So he was kind of seeing himself a little bit as a hero with all the terrible things he was doing. And yeah, yeah, it's this movie. If we're talking about when it comes to plot lines and everything like that, this mm-hmm. one is a very tight movie when it comes to the plot and everything. It, it basically is here's Dracula's familiar. He's trying to get outside of this relationship he finds it to be very abusive. Dracula is not having it, and then Ben Schwartz shows up as this bratty little kid and is absolutely hilarious throughout the entire movie as well.
0: <laughs> hated him. I, 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 that's a testament to his acting, yeah. like. But I, I hated him. I was like, I hate this guy so much. I hope he gets a gruesome death. Like, like, <laughs> I, this dude. I. I... <laughs> Like, I don't like Ben Schwartz, but like <laughs> I, just, I just hated that character.
1: Um, <laughs> I mean, I love his introduction. When he popped it, I'll be honest, I skipped the trailers for this movie because as soon as they were like, yeah, Nick Cage is going to play a vampire and it's going to be like an abusive relationship thing between him and his familiar, I was like, okay, I'm in i don't need to see any footage so i didn't even know ben schwartz was in this until he showed up and i was like oh that's gonna be a great cameo i like that that's fun and then he just continued being in the movie and i was like oh this is wonderful
0: (laughs) yeah no i i didn't know he was gonna be in it either to be honest with you um i wanted to say to you that um yeah this movie dude uh Dude, I I generally overall like this movie. Like, um, I, I don't know if I don't know if I say the plot is tight, but I say the plot just works. I mean, it's a very generic.
1: When I say one. it's tight, I mean it doesn't drag out. So it knows oh, okay. what it's trying to be. So it's basically it's just to the point. It's very to the point. It, it doesn't have like a. It's B plot is very connected to the A story with the whole like mafia and Dracula kind of teaming up with them. It makes sense for everything. It it doesn't stray away. Like there is a little bit of like a love story in here, but the movie doesn't completely like stomp on the brakes for everything else in order Mm -hmm. to tell that it's very tight in that regard that it's telling this story about Dracula's familiar trying to rebuild his life and it sticks to that.
0: Yeah, I looking at this movie, man. I mean, overall, I I loved all the elements about it. Like, I I um I like the structure of Renfield going to like you know, a, in a you know a a meeting for people who have been emotionally abused in their life, you know, or just abused, and looking into his relationship with Dracula, where it's like if you really look at it, that's a very abusive, toxic relationship. Like that that is what that is. Mm-hmm. And um, Chris uh. Our, our, our man the walking dead and invincible robert kirkman came up with like the the screen story for this and i'm like this is such a robert kirkman story man oh it is like from the from the humor i know ryan really uh, wrote the script but like from the humor to like the the um the uh the, the 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 premise i said this is a robert kirkman story absolutely there's there's room for like emotional like you know pathos with the characters and there's a lot of blood and violence Um, almost to, like, and I got to talk about the violence. Well, well, you know what? Let's just go there. Um, Dude, I love the gore in this film. I love how it was all, I love how, like, as it kept going on, it got more and more cartoony. Mm -hmm. And that just made it, like, that just bust, that just made me bust out laughing at the the screening I went to. Like, it was, it's just so over the top, but it's like, it's over the top where it's like, even if you're a person that don't like gore, this will make you laugh. Because the film doesn't take itself seriously when it comes to the gore in this film, like um, outside of one moment where um, you know Dracula kills um, you know Renfield's friends at the meeting, which is a very emotion, which is a very dark scene because you know it makes you hate the character, which you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, the gore is just funny in this movie. Like that one scene where Renfield <laughs> he rips the guy's arms off, and the guy's like, "What the." F- Oh yeah. <laughs> he's just, he just he throws the arms as literal knives to ping two guys who are trying to go after Aquafina's character to the wall. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I you you're not supposed to take this seriously.
1: <laughs> yeah, when it comes to the gore in this movie, if you are very queasy on gore and everything like that, it gets pretty bad. But at the same time, it's all done in such a comedic sense that that lightens it a lot that so when it comes to a lot of like gory movies and stuff, typically I have a weak stomach for that when it's like very like slow and mm. everything. But okay. this one I was laughing the entire time because it's very fast action paced and everything. Like him ripping somebody's arms off. In normal context it's like okay, that I don't like that at all. Instead, I couldn't see the screen cuz I was laughing so hard. The man, the man whose arms wouldn't be ripped off wouldn't
0: have a moment to observe. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> make a phrase and then take two steps and still be walking. Like, mm-hmm. Come on, man. And those arms wouldn't be used as knives to, to pin somebody to a Wait. wall. Like
1: yeah, the scene I, where I he's going from one floor of the apartment building to the other. and He just smashes right through somebody. He's just waving to Aquafina's character in like slow motion. It's hilarious.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is hilarious. It, it's very funny. Um, I want to say, dude, now nah, nah, we we already knew this was going to happen, but the casting dude. I mean, listen, uh, Nicholas Cage is terrific as Count Dracula. Oh yeah, like because like you know you're taking this character, which I didn't know if the film was going to play him as a straight villain or a villain that you feel sorry for, or a villain that's three dimensional. No, he plays Dracula as like you know, like like
1: like an asshole, uh, like the a narcissistic old horror person. icon Dracula. That's exactly what mm-hmm. we get.
0: Right. Right through a cage lens and um I like how one point you know and I like how this shows the relationship between them you know Renfield is like uh, you know uh, Dracula's like like dude where about cheerleaders and Renfield was like uh well do you want a male or female I like how <laughs> Cage just goes like you know I don't care about gender it's not about that with me it's about the it's about the chase. And you know, like I like how like they've had this conversation dozens of times over decades and right. centuries. <laughs> like, like, you know it's not about that with me. And like they have such a classic code of, like, like such a classic manipulative relationship. And I like how he um, you know, he he tortures them by like cutting open his stomach. And uh he says, Oh, you seem to get me misunderstood. There's their world and their morality, and then it's mine. Um yeah, man, I I love their relationship. I think Nicholas Holt was terrific as Renfield.
1: Oh, absolutely. And,
0: yeah, and I I, I like that one scene where he confronts Renfield at the motel, and uh, it's it's funny, but it's sad at the same time. Where Renfield he he holds the book up to him like it's the cross. Like I know exactly how to fight you. Uh, you you I you will not uh overcome me. And then you just see Dracula just moving closer and closer up to him. Mm-hmm. And like you feel sad for him because like he like this guy has a psychological hold over him. not that he's powerful not that he not just that he's powerful. he psychologically has a hold over Renfield.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. it's even like shown in the beginning of the movie when we're first kind of introduced to them where there's vampire hunters going after Dracula. They basically have him pinned down and Renfield mm-hmm. shows up and Dracula goes, look, you've done terrible things. Who's going to forgive you for those? These guys or me? I'm the one that can protect you. I'm the one that, you know, you need. These people can't do anything for you. And it's mm-hmm. literally abusive relationships 101. On yeah. The kind of verbiage he uses and everything. I love when he goes to the abusive relationship kind of meetings and everything. And he's listening to the people and he's going, yeah, I understand. And then he starts like talking during one of them and going, yeah, and if I don't help him, he can't reach full power. Yeah, that's great. It's a weird way to phrase it, but you get it. <laughs> like, that's so weird. Why would you
0: say that like that? Right? that.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah,
0: man. And um, yeah, you're exactly right. And I love the scene where he finally like gets a hold of him after taking in some of Dracula's blood. And he's like, uh, you know, uh, he's like just just beating the crap out of him. Like that's such a great like I don't want to say crowd cheering moment but mm-hmm. that's such a great moment for his character where he's taking back control of his life and in the context of the film I think it's a very powerful uh character development moment. Um yeah man I I felt like this film for what it was was pretty good. Um I felt like it was it was just the right just the right pinch of like over the top violence, just the right mm-hmm. pinch of comedy, just the right pinch of horror. Um Aquafina I thought was pretty great. Um, Yeah.
1: I think her character was a little underutilized in some scenes, but the scenes where she's front and center are absolutely fantastic. I felt like she was right where she needed to be. I I,
0: I feel like, um, as, as a B plot, she was right where she needed to be. I, I I didn't feel like uh, she was underutilized or overused. She, she, she was the right, uh, uh, levity to Renfield. Um, yeah, and I um, uh, Ben Schwartz. So I like Ben Schwartz in this movie. I just hated Teddy. So oh, like, yeah. I like how Teddy when he first crosses paths with Rebecca, he's this man is just running with the coke in his arms, like I got a prescription.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> also, he's throwing it at her as she's chasing him down. <laughs> right, right.
0: I was like, this is this is too much. This is hilarious. Like, I like how this film knows what it is. It knows it's a high comedy. Like, see, watching this film reminded me of another Nick Cage film, uh, Kick-Ass. Oh, yeah. How Kick-Ass had those great over-the-top violent scenes, great comedy, and some great emotional character development as well. Like, I I, kind of got the same vibe watching this.
1: Yeah, I can agree Um, with that. Because when it comes to the kind of, like, emotional development in this movie, it's not over the top on that it's not in your face on it but it does feel right for the characters it does feel like the Mm -hmm. right progression for these characters especially when you have like the love story between aquafina's character and renfeld where they're kind of getting to know each other a little bit and you have renfeld kind of being a little bit cryptic with his like job and everything that he does for obvious reasons and then you have Mm -hmm. aquafina as the cop Kind of having to be like, oh yeah, and you know the way that you just tore that guy's arms using a dinner plate. How did you do that? Well, you know, it's it's a lot of training and stuff. Were you like in the armed forces? Yeah, something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he was military.
1: That military. Yeah. That's what it was.
0: I like the um the attributes that you know he gets his power from eating bugs. I yeah, thought that was a uh, I thought that was pretty inventive, mm-hmm. a pretty inventive way of him to uh, uh, grow power.
1: Yeah, because it adds a little bit of tension whenever he like fun because he's a clumsy person by nature. Right. So he's constantly dropping the canister of holding all the bugs and everything like that. So he has to find other way. When he looks through the window and sees the ant farm, I knew that was going to come into play. As soon as they brought the ant farm into it, I was like, oh, that's going to be something later. I guarantee that the way that they're focusing on that for an entire scene, that's going to come back into play. And when it did, Mm -hmm. I burst out laughing. It was absolutely fantastic. This movie has a lot of great payoffs to scenes and they work every single time. I don't think there's a single time where I was like, oh, I can't believe they're bringing that back. No, I was smiling ear to ear on every reference that they brought from earlier parts in the movie.
0: I like how they insert them in the classic scenes from um, the original Dracula in the beginning. Oh, with The yeah. montage. And uh, I like how, you know, Renfield is like, you know what? We had some good times. And You know, there was moments where him and Dracula are smiling and laughing. He says, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's been very torturous. <laughs> like, you know, and that's exactly how our abusive relationship goes. You think like, you know, there were good times in between the screaming and the beating and the right. gore, you know, yeah.
1: Yeah. And even Um, then, there's some of the like subtle jokes in this movie, like the welcome mat at Renfield's apartment where he gets home and Dracula's inside his house and then he just looks down and say, welcome, come on in. And it's like, oh, that is that is a perfect way to like play on the whole vampires need to be invited in kind of thing while still allowing him to show up in his house
0: yeah yeah i agree i agree um i like i see dude i i, I even like the happy ending i oh, yeah. even like that he that he was able to bring everybody back with uh you know drax blood and you know um you had the one leader he's like uh yeah man um so great of you to bring us back from a place where we seen some things that you know we'll never be able really to forget be- <laughs> Yeah, but uh hey great session guys. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I I love that, man. Like I uh I thought I was very satisfied in the end. I'm like that was a nice Good over the top B movie.
1: Yeah. Also, the way that they kill vampire or kill uh, Dracula and everything, where they have no idea what they're <laughs> doing, so they're basically right. they grind him down, they hack him up, they put him into cement, they put that cement into like holy water, and that like they're just trying anything and everything <laughs> that they can mm. think of because they're like, I'm not sure if this will actually work or not, but at the very least it's going to be a hell of a time before he comes back
0: mhm right 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 absolutely um dude uh, we we i, I we're, uh, we 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 can't help but be proud of our boy right now man he's getting oh, yeah. the comeback of a lifetime i mean we got this we got pig unbearable weight of massive talent uh what, what's another cage film that's that's recent
1: uh, a recent one I'm trying to think of what else, but yeah, he's on a renaissance right now when it comes Absolutely. to his film. And I'm loving every single one of them.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, Mandy, all of it, dude. Yeah. Like,
1: I, I'm uh I'm loving it, man. It's like one of those
0: rare moments in life, like, and I, and you can see it happening with Brandon Fraser and Keanu Reeves, where you know, the great actors of our uh childhood or uh, you know, like like growing up. Um, they're getting their just due. They're getting their comebacks.
1: Yeah, and I gotta say, the Nick Cage comeback story is probably one of the ones that I was hoping would happen for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And it's he's getting hit after hit with this one. And I cannot wait to see what he comes up with next because, you know, it, yes, he's in some movies like Jiu-Jitsu, but at the same time, for every Jiu-Jitsu we have a Renfeld, we have a pig, you know, it, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a good he's balance. He's got to pay the bills. Right, you yeah. Know, he's got to pay the
0: bills. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Sorry.
1: But yeah, I, I got to believe that he probably got the script for this way. It was like, so we want you to play Dracula. I'm in. <laughs> no, 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 what, what? It's a screenplay by Robert. I already said I'm in. You don't have to sell me on it. I'm, I'm in. I get to play a vampire again? <laughs>
0: This is a job to me, man. I'll do it. It's okay. (laughs) Even if you cast me as a cloud in the sky, I'll do it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I I absolutely love it. And yeah, when it comes to this movie, it's the comedy is on point. The Mm. acting is absolutely on point. When it comes to the story, it's very good. It's clean. The dialogue is good. It's clean. Uh, the gore and everything, the action scenes are over the top. They're fun. They're enough to, like, make you kind of, like, cheer a little bit at certain moments. There's enough to make you go, oh, that, you know, that hurt. And it continues going. And then it even has, like, some gross-out aspects that turn out to be kind of cool. Like, him eating bugs, it's like, oh, that's, that's gross. But at the same time, the movie plays with it so well that you're not going you every time it happens you're like oh my god this is gonna be great you know you get pumped up watching him eat a worm and it's like that's a weird thing in a movie for you to be like oh this is gonna get good now
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely yeah i i totally agree um yeah man if i'm gonna look at this uh i i don't really have that many complaints uh i think this is a great b movie and i uh i give it a straight four out of five
1: i i give this a 4.5 out of five yeah, Like mm. you said, I can't think of complaints on this one. It's a it's trying to be a B movie. It's trying to be a funny Dracula movie. And it hit it on all records. It it knew what its goal was. It hit that goal perfectly. And it's going to be one of the movies that will be in my rotation like every couple of years of, hey, I haven't seen this one in a while. Let me throw it on in the background. Hmm. You know,
0: I needed this movie, man. Because if I saw Vampire's Kiss and uh and and this sucked too, I uh <laughs> I, I I wouldn't have been a happy traveler, man. This would have been the first Cage episode where I just would have I would have just gave you the straight straight stone face the whole way through. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I I can't even give it to my guy on this one, man. <laughs> These movies is trash.
1: What have I gotten the text for me? I can't I can't do this episode, man. I just I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> Like I know we
0: love our guy, but I just I can't come with the energy, man. I I just it's not gonna be there. Um, But yeah, man. I I mean, I already knew what it was. Uh, Renfield's the winner, of course. Oh yeah,
1: it's the clear winner by a landslide. It's if you haven't seen this movie, you know, by all means, check it out. Even spoilers aside on this podcast. It is Mm -hmm. such a fun movie that even when you know what's coming and what's going to happen, it we didn't go through all the jokes. There's so many great jokes in this movie that if we were to go through every good joke, I'd think we would be repeating 90% of the script of this movie. It Mm -hmm. it just lands that well.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Um yeah, I, uh, I, I, thought, I thought it was great. Absolutely.
1: All right. Uh, moving into after show topics. Uh, what have you watched lately? So lately I decided to sit down and finish watching the Star Wars The Bad Batch, which was the animated nice. Star Wars show uh, with the Star Wars celebration just finishing up. They just announced that season three is coming, the final season and everything. So I was like, OK, I got to sit down and finally watch season two. And watched it, absolutely loved it, but as a Star Wars fan, I was already a fan of the Bad Batch and the whole concept behind it. So mm. it, it was kind of hard pressed for them to release a season I wouldn't enjoy of this one. Okay, okay, nice. I uh I recently finished
0: um the new Netflix series Beef with uh Steven Ewan and Ali Wong. Dude, I loved it, man. I I loved it. Now when I watched the first five episodes, I was like, this is good. This is funny. Um, mm-hmm. It's very Shakespearean as the way things are like, like uh, kind of like happening um, all because of a road rage incident. And then when I watched the last five, I'm like, well, how are they going to make this into a whole show, though? Like a whole 10 episodes. And, dude, the way the way the plot moves, the way the characters dig themselves into, even even into a bigger hole, it's just in that ending Oh man, it's such a terrific ending. I I tell you, if you got some time on your hands, check it out, man. I um, if you can watch it with a friend that has a Netflix account or something, mm-hmm. you know, I caught it from somebody. Uh, great show. I mean, terrific show.
1: Yeah, you mentioned that one last week, and I actually pulled up like the trailer for it to watch it and everything. And I was like, okay, it seems interesting. And everything, and you were saying that it was really good. So I I know that I'll have to watch it. But based on the trailer, I was like, okay, it seems like an okay show. But uh, Anthony was really in on this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I didn't even see. To be honest with you, I didn't see a trailer. I just saw okay, Steven Yoon's involved, Ali Wong's involved. Even though I don't know Ali Wong's comedy, people like her mm-hmm. from like you know her her you know her comedy and Tuca and Birdie. And, you know, I like me Glenn. You know, I like me some Glenn. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't ca- I don't call him Glenn. But you know, I like me some Glenn. So I said, uh, OK, all right, I'll check it out. And the A24 is producing it. So that was a that was a selling point too. A24 puts out a lot of quality work. So that that was the selling point. And once I got into it, I'm like, dude, this is this is good. Like, this mm-hmm. is a good movie.
1: Yeah. Well, TV show.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. TV show. But it, it, it runs like a movie when you watch it back to back. I know people say that about a lot of shows, but it really does.
1: Yeah. See, that's one thing that when it comes to like streaming and everything, because binge culture has become such a thing that yeah. shows are now made where they're laid out to be watched in sequence. You're not supposed to take the breaks. You're not supposed to take that commercial break every 30 minutes anymore. I ain't gonna lie, taking a break in between the first five
0: episodes I watched in the next five, it it did good for the for my experience of the show. Okay. If I had watched all of that in one go, it still would have been great. But because I took a little bit of a break saying, Okay, first five here, let me get back to the to the work week and everything. Let me watch the next five. I was like, that good little break I had in between, it, it made for some good watching. Mm-hmm. Um I ain't gonna lie, man. Sometimes I do miss watching the uh, the uh, the self contained episodes type of shows. You know what I mean, like like the Shield, and uh, I still got to check out the Blacklist because I heard that's awesome. But you know, the, the 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 shows that's supposed to be streamlined and watched all in one go, they're still good. But I feel like it's it's up to you where you want to stop. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go by the binge model if you don't want to.
1: Yeah, and I will say, like, I don't know if other people have the same thing when they're, like, binging through a show, but I'll retain so little about it sometimes when it comes to season. Like, I'll remember pivotal moments, but, like, Orange Mm. is the New Black, that's one that every season that came out, I binged right through the entire thing the weekend it released. Looking back... I remember some scenes of that show, but overall, if you asked me to do a plot synopsis for like season two, I couldn't do it. You know, I can yeah. maybe mention a couple scenes that I remember from it, but then you can go back and be like, hey, explain season two of Community to me, a show that I was watching week by week as it released, and I'll be able to describe almost every episode that was in right. that season.
0: Right, absolutely. Yeah, Orange is the New Black is a great show, and it's very addictive. That's a compliment to it, but it also works against it when you binge it because mm-hmm. you're you're inhaling everything. And besides very pivotal plot points, yeah, I can't really describe to you what happened in the last season I saw except for where it left off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I, it, it shows that the show made me binge it and made me, like, consume it. But it's like, I'm like... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really have time to breathe when I was watching Orange Is the New Black because of the binge model.
1: Yeah, like I enjoyed it the entire time watching it, but yeah, my retention yeah, yeah. of it is just completely out the window.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. I, I. I understand that. I. I can totally get that. That's a. That's very understandable. Um. So I meant to ask you, did you ever try out the new model for Movie Pass?
1: I did not. Uh, I saw it come up and everything. I have A-list. That's really all I need when it comes to going to the theater. Because... Wait a minute.
0: You were so into it, though. You was oh, telling me... I was excited oh, drops-
1: for MoviePass to come back and everything. Because it was such a broken system before that it was great. Mm-hmm. And the new system is not broken enough for me to get excited about it, I guess. <laughs>
0: Okay, it's a bit more it's a bit more controlled now. It,
1: it's a lot more controlled now. It's not the same as being able to be like, oh, I'm going to see a movie every single day. Because when Movie Fast first came out and everything like that, I'll be honest, there were movies that I probably would have never heard of that I was like, I got nothing going on today. What's playing in the next 15 minutes? Awesome. Dude, I'll go see I- that.
0: I saw Good Time with Robert Patterson on MoviePass, dude, mm-hmm. and I had to go to a certain type of theater to see it. I, if I never had MoviePass, I would have waited for that to come to streaming or DVD. Like, yeah. like, I, it, it got me to see films like that.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely I, – I don't want to say that MoviePass revitalized – like the movie going experience for a lot of people, but I think it did because going to movies oh, prior dude. to Movie Pass and then going yeah. to movies after Movie Pass it, it completely changed things. And the fact that even now we have AMC's A List, uh, there's a couple other theater chains that have their own little membership things, and it, it brings an easier way for people to enjoy movies. Because let's mm. be honest, if you were still charging the 15, 12 to $15 per ticket. I'd maybe see a movie on a Tuesday every once in a while, and then I'd see the big right. ones, like the Marvel movie. The rest, it would be streaming. You know, I wouldn't have gone to see Renfeld in theaters. I, I would mm-hmm. have waited for it to come out onto streaming, but because I have A-list, it's a lot easier. I mean, that one I got to see a screening of, which is always nice, but right. the fact that it, if that didn't exist... A-list is the only reason that I would see those kind of movies.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree with that right there. And um, yeah, like Movie Pass, I, I will say it, it did revitalize going to the movies because without Movie Pass, we wouldn't have had A-list, mm. which was kind of like a direct hit to Movie Pass, like yeah. on AMC's part. Like, no, we're we're gonna do our own thing here. Um, yeah, Movie Pass had me going into certain theaters like the Maple Theater. Uh, there was another one in Birmingham, Michigan I went to that I I wouldn't have gone to these places because of the price, but I just strode up in there like, all right, I got my movie pass, you know, oh, these are nice seats right here. Okay. You know, I, I felt like I was the man.
1: Yeah. I'll I'll be honest. I even did like the roundabout ways of getting like the IMAX tickets using movie pass where you just buy a ticket for the same movie, like in a standard. And then you'd go back to the counter and be like, hey, actually, I want to just upgrade my ticket to the IMAX one. Can I do that? And then they would do the refund and the, the give you you just pay the difference right there with your credit card. I did that so many times to be able to get into <laughs> the IMAX versions of movies with that. And at that point, it was maybe like two or three bucks out of my pocket to go see something in IMAX. And that was amazing.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Dude, you don't know how much I flexed with that with that red card. like we'd be at the movies, uh, you know, me and my then girlfriend, I'd be like, don't worry. I got it. Yeah. (laughs) Because you still got to pay for her ticket. I'm like, yeah, all right. All right. The other card, like, okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I remember like back in the day when that was like at its prime and everything like that, I was doing the 8-Bit Waffles podcast and when we would go to like the podcaster meetups and everything like that that was basically our intro was hey we we do the ape waffles podcast by the way have you heard of movie pass you know it it, <laughs> it literally was like our star kind of thing that we would absolutely love telling people about and talking about because it was one of those things that revitalized movies because all of us were able to go see movies very easily with that cuz i can't remember yeah. it was like 10 dollars a month and we could see every single new movie that was coming out all of them.
0: Yeah, it was amazing. I was. Um, I remember I was at my part. I was at my second part-time job back then, and uh, I was talking with somebody. I saw the advertisement for it. I don't know if it was from the AV Club or who who posted the article, mm-hmm. but it was like uh they're 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 uh, doing a subscription model for movies where you get one movie a day for ten dollars a month. I said that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. I I haven't been. I, I my times of going to the movies. I was like going to like. Star Southfield for the low price, the uncomfortable seating, you know what I'm saying? Like, like going to see movies, uh, some nights or whatever. But I wasn't going like that. And uh, I remember telling a coworker, like, I think I'm a, I think I'm gonna sign up. She was like, that ain't. I don't know if that's gonna last. I was like, well, while it's going, I'm gonna be using it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. See, uh,
1: I found out about it because. Prior to them having that amazing deal, MoviePass did exist where they had like different tiers where it was like you can see four movies a month for $20 a month and stuff. And it was always Mm -hmm. like on the back of my mind of like, hey, I could do this because then it comes out to, you know, $5 a ticket or if I do a lower tier comes out to like $7 a ticket. And that's still pretty good based on like normal. And, you know, there's usually like two movies a month that I'd want to see. So that'd be worth it. And I remember getting the early invite to the beta program because I was on their email subscription list of like, hey, we're going to start a new tier for $10. You can see a movie a day every month. And Mm -hmm. I remember signing up for it. And I was one of those first people to get a red card, like back when you could sign up for it. It would be in the mail the next day kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling people about it. I was like, you got to sign up and do this. And other people were like, dude, it's been like a month. I haven't got my card yet. How long did it take you? I got mine in like three days. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> because by that dude, point, so many people were signing up for it.
0: It was the envelope it came into. It came in such a nondescript, like like regular oh, yeah. envelope. Because I expected I I the envelope to say MoviePass. And one day I got an envelope. And you know my mom's because I was still with my with my mom's and pops at the time. They was like, "Oh, hey, uh, you know, you got a got an envelope here with your name on it." At first, I thought it was like a bit like 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 some like advertisement or something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I felt something in it. So hold up, I opened it. This is the movie pass card. <laughs> they looked at me like, "What? What?" <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they, they, they didn't know what I was talking about. I was like, "This is the movie pass card." It, it came in some kind of like reg- like regular like you know yeah it was like, a regular like, uh,
1: kind of like uh credit card envelope where it was right. nondescriptive. it was supposed to be kind of a secretive thing where if you didn't feel the plastic through the envelope you wouldn't have guessed that it, it was yeah
0: i, I would have just threw it away because i'm like i, I don't just they, they're trying to put, sign me onto some like account or something mm-hmm. like i would have threw it away but uh yeah those were good times man i i love those times then you know We're not going to do a whole recap on MoviePass, but that that peak pricing (laughs) thing, man, I was already on A-list by that time. I I already switched.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'll be honest. As soon as like MoviePass changed, so it was really only working at MJR and it only worked at certain MJR locations. And I think the only Mm -hmm. one that worked for me was the one that was like at Partridge Creek, which. That one was already a weird theater because the theaters were so small and I, I was not a fan of that theater already. So mm-hmm. when it was like, yeah, you can only go to this one theater you're not really a fan of. And it's like, ah, OK, I think I'm going to cancel.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a huge jump to go to A-list because I was like, I love AMC, but I was like, but I I, I like be some MJR, too. Mm-hmm. But I said, let me just try it. And uh I've been signed on ever
1: since. Yeah. You know, no I mean, the back. fact that AMC A-list put was like Dolby. We, we got a new Dolby theater in IMAX. Town. IMAX. Yeah, it's all there. Everything's included unless it's one of those like specialty movies from, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm trying to remember what they're called uh, that uh, does Fathom events, fathom events. Yeah. yeah. So unless it's one of those, it counts.
0: Yeah, I, I, uh, I was sold. But uh, good times. All right, y'all. Great episode of DFV here. You know, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Don't forget to, uh, you know, uh, watch movies, talk about movies. And uh, y'all take care.